insurance to protect his family if he was called before his time. The Outline, World Dispatch. Thursday, April 27th, 2017. I'm Raya Kamir. Today on The Dispatch, Rowan Bishop on net neutrality. It's a continuing fight. Adrian Jeffries on Chipotle and your credit card. A bad guy of some kind got into their payments processing system. And Emily Brown with a helpful FAQ. Here's The Dispatch. Power. FCC Chairman Ajit Pai announced that the agency would be rolling back Obama-era regulations on Internet Service Providers, or ISPs. The economics are simple here. more heavily you regulate something, the less of it you're going to get. Net neutrality is the idea that ISPs like Comcast or AT&T should charge the same price and deliver the same speed for all websites. Advocates of net neutrality warn that Pi's plan would be a major step back for consumers. With a Republican president, a Republican Congress, and a pro-deregulation FCC, is the battle for a free and open internet completely lost? Timothy Carr, the senior director of strategy at Free Press, a pro-net neutrality organization, is worried. The threat that we're now facing is one of the most significant uh, that we have faced in these 10 years. Pi seems to want to overturn rules put in place by the Open Internet Order under the Obama administration-era FCC. That order categorized ISPs as telecommunications services under Title II of the Communications Act. That meant that ISPs couldn't charge website and content owners to send their data faster. That could create a two-tiered internet that favors the wealthy and established. The regulation hasn't sat well with ISPs, which have been pushing back against the rules both publicly and in court. Now they have an FCC chairman who agrees with them that any sort of significant regulation of the internet would curtail the free market's ability to regulate itself. Ajit Pai is a avid net neutrality foe. Now he would never say that to you because he likes to say that he loves net neutrality in the open internet. He just wants to to do away with uh, any of the rules that make it a reality, which is which is kind of like saying, you know, I love free speech, but I just want to do away with the First Amendment. We are proposing to return the classification of broadband service from a Title II telecommunications service to a Title I information service. That is light touch regulation drawn directly from the Clinton administration. This will all take some time to play out. The current rules took about a year to come into effect. The FCC floated the idea of less strict rules at first, but a public outcry caused the agency to revise them. The same thing could happen as Pi tries to push these new changes through. According to Carr, the support for net neutrality is significant enough that any FCC commission would find it difficult to completely go against the public. Forcing unpopular rules through the FCC doesn't just affect Pi either. It also affects his GOP colleagues in Congress. There could be political fallout from this. It's no more guarantee than healthcare reform. That's Ernesto Falcon, legislative counsel for the Electronic Frontier Foundation. What, it, what it's going to come down to is whether the public supports what the GOP wants to do with the internet. And uh, my suspicion is that unlikely. Congress, you know, pays very close attention to these sorts of proceedings. Again, Timothy Carr. There's a possibility that if this proceeding gets bogged down at the FCC, that Congress, uh, the Republican majority in Congress, will try to um, introduce legislation that would make it easier for Pi um, to take away net neutrality protections. It just depends on which part of the government picks up the fight, if any. 
If Pi and the FCC fail to reverse the 2015 net neutrality order, Congress could attempt legislation to give the FCC clear rules on how to proceed. And if both the FCC and Congress fail, it's possible that the trade associations that had previously litigated would do so again. And that's why advocates are optimistic. It's a continuing fight, and there's opportunity to influence policy at every step. Here's Ernesto Falcon again. The question has never really been presented in front of the public to, you know, respond to what Chairman Pai wants. And and so this is the first SEC chairman that is actively trying to walk it backwards uh, and kind of abandon his duty to, to promote the public interest. Um, I, you know, I suspect there will be incredible pushback, and, and I think it will be sufficient pushback to make a number of Republican senators and members of the House to, to question kind of where the FCC is going. The next step is a vote on a notice of proposed rulemaking on May 18th, which will then move Pi's plan into the public comment period. The full text of that plan will be available today. The future. So this week we found out that Chipotle got hacked. Adrian Jeffries, my esteemed colleague, reported on it yesterday. Adrian, what happened? So it turns out that if you used a credit card at Chipotle between March 24 and April 18, it's possible that you were swept up in this data breach. Basically, they said a bad guy of some kind got into their payments processing system, and they're investigating it now. That sounds like a big deal. Is it? So it is, and it also feels like it isn't. It's a big deal because corporations have a responsibility to protect consumers' private data. It also feels like just another – it feels like just another day because these big data breaches are happening at big companies all the time now. It's happened to Target. It's happened to LinkedIn. It's happened to Tumblr. It's happened to Adobe, Anthem, T-Mobile, and Experian at the same time. Almost everyone has been involved in some kind of data breach. Uh, There was an email – in my inbox that John, our producer, reminded me of uh, that HipChat, the Slack competitor, recently had some kind of breach and had to reset passwords. So everybody at this point is used to this happening. So let's say you went to Chipotle and bought a mediocre burrito. What what does this hack mean for you? Mm -hmm. So this hack means that if you used a credit card and then your credit card was swept up in this breach, that your credit card information is probably floating around on the dark web for some tiny amount of money, and some person with bad intentions could buy it and then use it, and then probably your bank would reimburse you. So, and then you might have some inconvenience of having to, like, change your credit card number on Amazon. So it's pretty minimal, but it's kind of a larger problem, I think, because these hacks are getting more common, identity theft is going up, Depending on how much information is grabbed, there are things that hackers could do to ruin your life. If they get a social security number, um, they can file tax re- your tax return for you. They can uh, just assume your identity and get a car. There's lots of stuff they can do, and identity theft is really hard to come back from. So I think what needs to happen is uh, more regulation around what corporations are expected to do, both to prevent this kind of breach and what they owe consumers after it happens. There is no federal standard for how soon a company has to tell you about this. It's a state-by-state thing. 
and the laws are different. Uh, and sometimes you won't hear about a data breach for months. Um, and you'll you'll just get a letter saying, oh, your social security number was was breached six so, months ago. So what would a federal regulation look like? So the EU has very serious laws around personal privacy and uh, the processing of data. And it has a couple laws that basically say this is exactly how long a corporation has before they have to notify the government and the consumers who are affected. There are some laws in the U.S. that are this strict, but again, it's a patchwork thing. It's not a national thing. It would be better for consumers and also for these companies if there was just one standard that everybody was familiar with. Is there anything that consumers should be doing to to stay vigilant or to to help hold these companies accountable? Yell at Chipotle on Twitter. I was really surprised. I thought this has happened to Chipotle. People love talking about Chipotle and making memes about Chipotle. It'll be like a funny meme thing, but also a good moment for public awareness for (laughs) information security. But that didn't happen at all. People just ignored it. So if you're listening to this, like, get angry. Is that because Chipotle was so quick to reveal this news, whereas other companies typically try to to hold it under wraps for as long as they can? I think they might have gotten some goodwill for that because they were pretty quick to turn it around. It's also a relatively limited breach. People don't give Chipotle a ton of personal information. Like the most personal you'll you'll get there is your whatever your order is. You know, it's it's not really that much of a threat. It's more about the principle. Adrian, thanks. Thank you. The following are selections from the Frequently Asked Questions page of the official Capri Sun website, caprisun.com. Read verbatim while drinking a Capri Sun. Do Capri Sun drinks contain any artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives? Is it true Capri Sun introduced a new pouch with a clear bottom? I've seen videos showing mold that some people have found in their pouches. What are you doing to prevent this? Will all Capri Sun varieties have this new bottom? Why does mold grow in preservative-free juice drinks? Why did you change the pouch? Did you make this change in response to mold? I've heard some reports of mold and other reports of fungus. Which is it? Are Capri Sun products without the clear bottom pouch safe to drink? The photo I saw looks like a worm. How could you say it's mold? What should I do if I think I see mold through the clear bottom? That concludes the dispatch for the week. Have a great weekend. I'm Raya Kamir. Until Monday.